0: Hey, this is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, and you're listening to Live and in Color with my man, Wolfie D.
1: Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more, nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today we are welcoming one of my personal favorite wrestlers of all time, the innovator of violence, Tommy, by God, Dreamer. How are you doing today, sir?
0: Good, man. Thank you for that intro. I appreciate you, Wolfie. You're doing it right. You got a guy who's uh, playing up nice to me. I like it so far.
2: Yeah. I said, listen, just stroke his ego and everything. (laughs)
0: That's
2: all, all wrestlers like that. Yes, we do. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just talked to you a minute ago, but how (laughs) the fuck are you, Tommy?
0: I'm doing great, man. Uh, Blessed every day that we're here is a good day. Every, you know, Terry Funk told me a long, long time ago, every day of pro wrestling is a good day. And I'm happy to still be doing something I've loved since I was nine years old. So uh, life is blessed.
2: Awesome. Wow. I'm
0: eight we just talked about that so i got you by yep. here even though you're older than me you old fuck just from <laughs> him,
2: tommy just from man. uh yeah I, I
0: use it i'm uh i've never dyed my hair on my head i'm holding on to every strand that i can but i'm nice. an avid judge yeah man right but,
2: you're italian right
0: yes yeah, sir yeah but it is us rednecks down here we get we get gray I cut. <laughs> and bald hey my beard and is bald. white dude
3: Learn more at Marines.com
2: Hey folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out
1: If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcasts and like what you're hearing go ahead and leave a 5 star rating And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again.
2: So Tommy, I'm going to ask you the damn same question you asked me. What got you into this shit, man? Uh,
0: like I, first time I ever saw it, I didn't know what it was. Uh, I grew up in New York Back in the day, there's only, uh, what, 2, four, seven, uh, 9, 11, Channel 13, and the UHF Channel. So there's seven channels. Channel 5 doesn't even exist yet. Right. And uh, Channel 9, New York, me and my dad were Ranger fans. They're supposed to play the Montreal Canadiens. In Montreal, the game is snowed out because of, uh, because of the bad weather. So instead, they show professional wrestling from Madison Square Garden. Uh, I hear Vince McMahon's voice. I see this wrestler Bulldog Brower being crazy, and then here comes Bob Backlund, and I am all in from that moment. Really? Uh, a couple of I, I was. I remember seriously bouncing up and down. And when you see a, a, a kid jumping up and down, you know they're excited. When was I Backlund love it today.
2: Over, was Backlund over with you?
0: Well, being up here in the north, he, I never seen wrestling before. Here he comes with the title, and He's he was the best yeah. guy ever and he was my favorite then my dad takes me for my 10th birthday at the white plains county center to see bob Backlund wrestle i make a sign for him uh he slaps my hand i remember turning to my friend and like i felt i had a superpower because bob Backlund just touched my hand Mm -hmm. he wrestles he wins he beats bobby duncom jr with the worst finish ever the atomic spine crusher and uh bobby Duncan jr bless him yeah, no, I'm sorry, Bob Duncan, senior. Oh, senior. Okay, I was he, like, Dude. he beats his dad, beats uh, him with the atomic spine crusher, and then uh, he comes by me, and I said, Bob, can you sign my sign for me? And he says, oh, No problem. Wait for me, kid. Wait for me. So of course, now me and Bob on are chilling. We're boys. <laughs> the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm the, waiting for Bob Backlund to come back to sign my autograph. Yeah, he, told he you. doesn't. Security says hey man you gotta go i'm like no bob backland has to sign my sign and back then dude nobody made signs you know yeah um yeah. and but i did it was bob backland number one and uh, i wrote his name too long so i had a tape with scotch tape two <laughs> construction uh posters together nice and i'm waiting the security gives up where the boys leave he goes well you gotta leave here but they go right out there for some weird reason ten-year-old me did not want bob backland Seeing um me with my dad, so I made my dad wait in the car. It was kind of <laughs> sleeting out, and I remember my father was off to the side, and uh it was like me, two dudes, and what now I would consider uh groupies rats, whatever you want to call them, were hanging around waiting for the boys in the sleep Love the rats and uh then here comes Arnold Skolan. He comes and he gives me my first ever wrestling autograph. He signs the program, which I still have. And then like, it was like that, the old school, uh, mean Joe green commercial. I see Bob Backlund; he's got a towel across his neck and he's walking. And like, this is my moment. And like, we're going to, I'm going to be his tag team champion with Bob Backlund. And, uh, he says at the time, the most influential words to me ever, I was like, Bob, can you sign my sign? And he looks right at me, goes, I'll get you next time, kid. And I was like, What? And I was like, No, Bob, it's me. And Arnold Skolin pulls up the car. And again, it's sleeting. He gets in the car and drives away. And I was crushed. Crushed. And he hate I hated wrestling. I was that was it. I was done. And I was now gonna be the New York Yankees third baseman because uh it was the it was the late seventies. They just won two world titles. My my dad is a teacher. We go to Florida for spring break for him. And in the newspaper, it's, uh, you want to go see wrestling. And my dad, before that, dude got me wrestling magazines. I was all in on wrestling, kind of getting away from it real quick. We go to uh, the Hollywood Sportatorium in Hollywood, Florida. And I'm just there with my dad having a fun time. And then it was the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Oh, and yeah. I remember... The, uh, it was Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch just turned on America, and yeah. he joined with Ivan Koloff versus yeah. Bugsy McGraw and Dusty Rhodes in a tag oh, match. Yeah. And I remember the spotlight hits Dusty, the way his hair, like with that, that white hair,
4: yeah. and there
0: was the gnats from the from the hot Florida building uh, yeah. just shined on him with a spotlight. And, dude, like I literally watched that man float to the ring like a god He had a trash can. Bugsy had like a broom handle. They had this wild match, and I was frozen, dude. And when I tell you frozen, I could not move. I watched them win. As soon as he went back, I turned right there. I bought my first ever wrestling 8x10, which was a picture of Dusty Rhodes, bloody picture of Dusty with with the bull rope. I don't even remember. It wasn't my money. It was my dad's. Then I bought my first ever wrestling t-shirt, uh, Barry Windham. The kid is hot tonight, which does not fit me Wyndham was, up. um, yeah, this is early Barry, uh, dude, I think about that card. Like I saw Barry Windham versus, uh, Second. Jimmy Garvin. I nice. saw, um, that main event, so many guys that were just like, what a great card.
2: I was there at the – do because you, you were talking about Bob Backlund. I was there at the Slammy Awards when him and uh, Different Strokes uh, – what was his name? The kid on Different Strokes.
0: Gary Coleman? Todd Britches or oh, oh. Gary Coleman?
2: Todd. Uh, Todd. Yeah. When they – it was a shoot, bro. It was a shoot. Do you remember that? No. Slammy
1: I remember Awards. hearing about that.
0: Yeah
2: yes slammy awards i think it was 90 it was either 96 or 90 it had to be 97 because that's right before wrestlemania yeah uh, backlin and todd bridges goes up there and then uh i forget what the deal was but it wasn't supposed to be like it was and they ended up like locking up and bob fucking took him down man you oh
0: yeah up. no that's bob <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah
2: look that shit up man look that shit up and and t- t- you're talking about. Uh, getting autographs and stuff i'll tell you two of my favorites when i was a kid and and obviously got to meet both of these guys later in life but as a young kid i'm waiting uh the municipal auditorium in nashville uh i knew where the wrestlers went in and whatever and there's a little uh walk down where you can get kind of close and hawk who hawk was you know one of my inspirations man and i said hey hawk can i get a can i get an autograph?" What do I look like, a pen and a pad? (laughs) 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 And then the other one, the other one, and he just kept walking. The other one was Barry Horowitz. And Barry Horowitz, uh, before his WWE, uh, WWF run, you know, was kind of like the greatest uh, job or whatever. And that's not a knock. He's a carpenter. Uh, But he was in Memphis, and he was called Stretcher Jack Hart. So me being this young kid thinks I'm I was a smart mark before that was ever invented, and uh, I go, "Hey, Stretcher Jack Hart," <laughs> and here's here's Barry's comeback. That's not my name, Punk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it was Dusty that really like he was my hero, man. Uh, I remember we got. Florida championship wrestling on Tuesday nights at 11 or 1130. And I Mm -hmm. made a deal with my parents, like a young kid. I will get up every day, Wednesday after, because I would try, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old, trying to stay up till past midnight is hard on a school day (laughs) and I would say every day, every Wednesday, I would get up early because I knew had to find out what happened to dusty roads on Tuesday nights and like I was just hooked. And then the bigger like wrestling magazines, you know, here wrestling was on at midnight and always trying to stay up late. This is also before VCRs. Once right. that happens, then I become a full blown tape trader. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like my story of what got me hooked. If I go back to the Bob Backlund thing for a second, yeah, I, I've only had a few encounters with Bob Backlund in my career. One, uh, I had my first ever tryout in for the WWF and at the White plates County Center, same place I go and see wrestling for the yeah. first time. First person I meet is Bob Backlund and Arnold And It was actually Arnold Town. Oh yeah. And of course, I'm not going to tell him the story. Um, then he <laughs> came up to ECW. Uh, we kind of threw him out of the building. That's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> so then, I tell him. Do when I tell you it's probably my friend is a kind of like his handler, his manager, they're going to do an autograph session. He's like, Hey, you want to like, you know, see Bob, uh, we'll go do lunch. And I was like, sure, man. I sit there, I'm hanging out with Bob. I tell him my entire, I tell him the story and it's seriously like 30 years later. And because I'm in my forties and I don't, I'm actually, I've just, I just left WWE so yeah, I'm, I'm close to 40 and I tell him the whole story and he gets embarrassed, dude. And I'm like, no, Bob, like I've lived the life. I get it. You know? And I was like, you could have signed for me. Cause there was only like three to four of us, but <laughs> I get it, Bob, you know, you had to make the town. It was bad weather, blah, blah, blah. Literally that was on a Friday on yeah. a Tuesday. I get mail, I open it up, and it's an autographed oh. picture of Bob Backlund holding up the title. It says, to my number one fan, Tommy uh, wow. blah, blah, blah,
1: blah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So it has to be, as you're a Dusty fan, though, sorry to jump to Dusty again. The Dreamer name, that has to be yes. somewhat based off of Dusty, correct?
0: Yes. Uh, as you know, and, and Wolfie will tell you, when you have all aspirations of yourself, what you want to be, when you're uh, starting out, you know, I'm getting trained by Johnny Rods, getting ready to have my first ever match. And I wanted to be Sting meets the great Muda. We're talking yeah. 1989. Sting yeah. and Muda are super duper over. Right. I could actually do the roundabout handspring elbow. Uh, I could do yeah, everything Muda and that. everything Sting. I could. I could still probably do it. It just was nice. very slow. <laughs> um, and. I wanted to paint my face and spit acid because you know, to be able to spit the green mist, you have to turn your intestines so you could spit the different colors of mist. If you squeeze it right. one way, right. it's uh, green for bile. If you twist it the other way, it's blood. You don't want to be bleeding internally. And then if you <laughs> twist it the other way, it's black bile. So yeah. I wanted to spit white and uh, black. I had like a fluorescent thing I wanted to drink that used to come in those things that used to shake. Oh, and my God. I would spit that because I wanted to spit this different type of acid in your face. Okay, and I wanted to be known as Tommy Acid. Okay, and yeah. my trainer, dude, I'm I'm ready for my first ever match. And he's like, "What's your name?" And I and he's like, "Well, what's your gimmick?" And My trainer's WWE Hall of Famer Johnny Rods. And I say, Tommy acid, I literally lay out, oh, I'm going to be sting meets the great mood. I'm going to paint my face, all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm Tommy acid. And he, and he looks at me and there was also a techno song called this is acid.
5: Questions have been made about this new dance grade called Acid. What people really want to know is how the story all goes about Acid. This is Acid.
0: I'm going to give you Acid. And I'm sure if you listen to it, Wolfie, you'll friggin' know and pop for it. That's what I want to come out to. I had like in my head, like I want to come out to like black, black and white lights, like all stupid stuff that you're thinking when you're first getting into business. Yes. And he looks at me and he goes, you are too good looking to be paint your face. It's a stupid name. If you don't come up with a different name, I'm going to call you Tommy Dickhead. You have 10 minutes. To tell me a new name. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't want to be Tommy Dickhead. Oh. And, uh, so I came up, I was like, all right, it's always been my dream. The American dream. Dusty Rhodes has been my favorite wrestler. Boom. Tommy. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. But Hey,
2: both of you ignored me a minute ago when I said,
1: get
2: Bob back and get your address
0: to send you that. Oh, my friend, like I said, he's, he's a really good friend of mine. He, he's Bob's handler. And Uh he he was like, he said, he got my address from him and he sent it to me, which is awesome. And we're, we're really good friends.
2: Cool. Okay, cool. so let's 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 go back, and, and you know, this is what I love about my podcast that I've figured out, man. Jimmy's the one that approached me about this. I had no clue about any of this, but I got to put him over. He's done so much for us and helped us out, and you know, got us to where we are. But Thank you. at any rate, uh, wrestling. What you said, Johnny Rotch trained you, and I love to get to know because I've been around you guys, man. You know, it was taboo, Tommy, for us to take pictures with each other and things right. like that. And nowadays, it's all, you know, everybody does it. And I'm, dude, I had uh, Ted DiBiase put me in the million dollar dream the other man. day and take a picture because I'm like, fuck it, man. You know, I'm retired and it's not taboo no more. But, uh, what got you in, and 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 what made you? Not Johnny Ross, but where was the first place? Like, where did you get your start? All that kind of stuff. Because I know it was not ECW, right?
0: No, uh, listen, man. I uh, Johnny was a great trainer. He was in the ring with me all the time, and and he's trained so many guys who have made it. But like my classes, we could only go Mondays and Tuesdays, and I would usually be the first person there, the last person to leave. I designed. I'm 18 years old. I designed my entire college schedule around wrestling training yeah. and Johnny. And he was probably hey, hey, real quick. If you don't mind me asking
2: and, and if you don't want to say you don't have to, what, what did it cost you?
0: Three grand,
2: three grand up front. Yep. Okay. All right. You can do Go a ahead.
0: payment plan. If you also okay. think about it, wrestling has been pretty much three grand throughout the course yeah. of my career <laughs> why it hasn't gone up in inflation i have no clue because right now it should cost like maybe ten thousand dollars but Dude, when i was in my school i
2: was doing it uh i started looking into like what karate schools were getting and so i based my prices off that i just did it by the week 120 nice. bucks a week you know and then if you you know if i want to keep you longer or whatever you know. anyway
0: i'm sorry go ahead um So my first year, 1989, uh, I had two matches. I was undefeated by the way, should have won rookie of the year. (laughs) Then 1990, dude, I was, you talk about your path. I wrestled, I had four matches in 1990, still undefeated. And then, um, yeah, man, I went a whole year. I had a whopping six matches under my belt. And then it was 91 where Taz, uh, and I would were, were drive to shows. Taz was trained by Johnny as well, and they got into a massive argument. Um, and he was just like, listen, we got to go other places to start to get other places.
2: Let me real quick. Let me stop you real quick. I want to know, because that just brought up something. I worked Taz uh, when we came up there in a singles match uh, one night, and all I don't know how many of you fuckers were involved in this and if you were just just tell me uh, because on my bag before I went to the ring, there was fucking six little packets of sugar
0: <laughs> Really I, I don't even know what you're talking about that he was gonna stretch me put me in the sugar. No, I know, but I don't I don't know. That that was it was probably your friggin' partner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we so didn't weird. rib we hey, did not rib much at story. all in ECW. Tell that fucking story, Tommy. Tell that story. I <laughs> will hang hey, let me finish my story before I get to yours, <laughs> friggin' <Yeah>. eagle maniac. <laughs> uh, so it was also my dad, because now listen, I'm I'm twenty-one years old, um, and my father's like so you're right. You walk and do, but let me tell you, I would walk around campus or town. I was Joe pro wrestler. I was everything that you and I would eat. Um, yeah. uh, I would wear like Hulk Hogan, yellow tank tops, no. you know, sticking out my chest, cowboy boots, fanny pack uh, thinking I'm, I'm Joe pro wrestler, but yet I've had six matches under my belt. But, and run, so, yes, that's, that's kind of why I did it but my father was just like okay so let me ask you this you've been wrestling for two years how much money have you made and i was like nothing and uh and he was just like okay so how are you going to pay your car insurance pay your car because they were paying it my parents and he and i was like well dad like you know and he was like listen you gave this man x amount of, of Money at the time, your life savings. If you want to have a family, if you want to pay bills, how are you? Like you better start doing this, or else I'm going to make you like pay for your car insurance and pay for things. And I was just like, no problem, Dad. Um, (laughs) And then it was also literally at that same time. Taz is like, we got to go other places. We got to go wrestle more. And I hooked up with uh, the Savoldis, and I have been on television from. 1991 up until 2022 ever since um i hooked up with the Savoldis. um from i was there for about they would run minimum twice a month and they had local tv i mean actually they had national tv but this is all on remember old school sports channels yeah and like i would wrestle every weekend then i changed my whole school schedule around was a deal I made with my parents. They would support me as long as I stayed in school and got my college education, right. and they did. And uh, like I would wrestle every Friday, Saturday on the road ever since. You know, pretty much '91. From there, uh, uh, there was this guy Tony Rumble, the Boston Bad Boy. He was the booker. He had he was always managing Taz. He got us on indie. Uh, where Sabu was Sabu and Taz was became like this big Rivalry uh, on the Indies you started getting an indie buzz And we were known as the You know the good workers from up north Me, Taz, Chris Candido yeah. um, Damien Demento Bill DeMott we were like the known Guys that were yeah. good Wrestlers uh, I was blessed to have worked Every name for the Savoldis. like literally I'd worked Tony Atlas um dick slater honky tonk man rick rude rick martell greg valentine have competitive matches because i was a a young good looking baby face that could sell with a good body let's take a quick time out and get a
2: word from one of my dope ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more live and in color with
5: wolfie d
2: you need the Rockstar Realtor.
1: Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee.
2: Did Tommy Dreamer at this time, uh, it, it, and just because I'm trying to visualize all this, and when you say those names, it reminds me of of, of me early on getting to work, you know, because nowadays these guys don't get to work with veterans. they no. work with other, the blind leading the blind. But anyway, did Tommy Dreamer at this point in time, I know you didn't wear the the Zubas and the t-shirt and the kendo stick.
0: So what was Tommy Dreamer's look at this time? Uh, there was, I had blue pants with clouds on them. I was more <laughs> like, I'm a dream boat. I'm a I'm a total baby face. Right. Um, then I also had uh, suspenders because I was also... A long, long time ago, when I'm also wrestling, you know, you do everything. I was a uh, topless waiter at an all male review, which <laughs> like was Chippendales, yeah. um, and it was uh, a male strip club before. And you would, you know, I was a waiter, and you'd make crazy money. And then once I think it was like at midnight when the male review ended, they'd open the doors for everybody else. Till yeah. about two in the morning. And then I just put a shirt on and I would be uh bouncer. But like, cause that was kind of like a Chippendale gimmick that I kind of had cause I was yeah. a young, handsome, good looking kid, total nineties, baby face, dude. Right. And, um, <laughs> then, uh, i met, uh, I drove Taz to the arena because Taz was supposed to wrestle uh sabu on the first ever ecw that show that paul took over i wrestled under a mask the first november to remember and then the next night i did tv me and taz we wrestled each other a thousand times had a really really ahead of its time matchup we did the match um and i had a job in wrestling ever since that's awesome cool Cool. very cool now your story you want to know about your partner. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Yeah. When you talk about, like I said, it was probably Jamie who did that with the sugar packets on your bag. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: (laughs) So this is ECW. Um, I don't know the building, but this is, you know, when you walk into those locker rooms where when you walk in, you have to take a couple of steps and all of a sudden the lights go on because they're motion censored. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a new concept during the nineties. I walk in. And, like, I take a few steps, and then as soon as I walk in, Jamie is butt naked in the <laughs> middle of the room. And, like, I freeze, and I'm like, what are you doing? Because the lights go on. And he goes, I'm just shaving my pubes, and the <laughs> lights went off. And I'm like, I like got scared, and I'm just standing here waiting for something to happen. And I go, like, what? He goes, I don't know. Like, Tommy Dreamer walking in. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> okay. And then I go, why are you doing it in the middle of the locker room? And he goes, ah, it's Wolfie's beard trimmer. I'm ribbing him. Oh, <laughs> <So> my God. <laughs> he shaving his nuts and his taint with <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> Wolfie's beard trimmer. That He's he going to put it on his face later. Fuck him. He's an asshole. <laughs> so... His own partner just decided, I don't know for what reason, to rip him and put that stuff, put his pubes all over him. That's what I walked into. And I always tell everybody, this is what I call my 20s uh, on a Saturday. It's uh, totally different than most people's 20s.
1: I guess Jamie hadn't heard of uh, Manscape A uh, code <laughs> Wolfie twenty percent off plus did
2: free shipping. Know. Nice <laughs> plug. Funniest part too is that you completely stooged him off to me. You came oh, absolutely. to the bathroom. You <laughs> came to the bathroom. You walk up to me and you go, "Hey, did you know your partner's in there shaving his nuts with your beard trimmer?"
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What?" And I, I, I dashed in there, and fucking yes, He was in the stall when I got in there with his leg propped up on the toilet, <laughs> fucking trimming up under his balls, It's taint, that you said, trimming up under there. And I said, give me that motherfucker. And then I said, no, here, you keep it.
0: <laughs> it uh, takes a mastermind to just think of that for one day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you had asked me uh, uh, what? Uh, listen again, ECW really didn't do ribs, but uh, I will tell you one that I was a part of. Yeah. So back in the day, um, <clears throat> there was a rebel, a wrestler named The Rock and Rebel, and he would always get under Paul's skin. And um, so he basically, Paul tells them we're in Wildwood, and we would do first match battle royal. The winner gets to fight Shane Douglas in the main event. Okay. So we do the battle Royal. Paul tells them, Hey, um, it's not working out with Shane as the champion. And I'm going to make you the champion. You're going to win the title tonight. you first, you're going to win the battle Royal. Then you're going to, you know, work with Shane and you're going to, you know, be the face of ECW, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So he's one of those guys who would like totally be like um, braggadocious about it. But he's no longer with us. He, uh, he went a little crazy. He Went a lot. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't tell anybody because Paul tells him and Paul makes him leave the room. So then we have our battle royal meeting. And Paul says, listen, everybody. I told him he's going out. Uh, he's winning the battle royal. And I, I, I totally set him up. And I want him out first. <laughs> so he's <laughs> comes out last with the whole pomp and circumstance and Paul's like, just get rid of him. So when I tell you, everyone like starts like attacking him, like throwing him out, but like jokingly. And yeah. like, you gotta go, bro. He's like, No, what the hell are you guys doing? And all of a sudden and he starts rifling real punches at everybody. <laughs> he thinks well, he thinks everybody's shooting on him. So yeah. then and ECW, we're a different breed. We now all start beating the piss out of this poor guy, and he's holding on to like the top rope. And I remember people like biting his fingers and like kicking him. (laughs) His shoot gets eliminated every time he tries to slide in. People like kicking the kicking him, and he's freaking out. So he goes to the back and Paul's like, "What are you doing? You're blowing all my." And he's like, "They they eliminated Paul. goes, get back in there." (laughs) <laughs> and this idiot decides to come back in, and they're all beating him up, and I'm like, "Dude, you gotta go. It's a rib. you're getting ribbed. you're gonna get your ass beat." so he basically uh he learned a very, very valuable lesson uh, yeah. that evening, so it was pretty funny, and like you know a lot of this stuff, but the fact that it happened in front of like a packed crowd is just because the fans just think they're seeing about a battle royal, but when live r- rounds are being offered, like, they're literally ribbing a guy during um, <laughs> a match, during a thing, and then, like, everyone's legit eliminating him because that's what we yeah. have to do. This, this, is right. something that, this, this is early, early ECW.
1: So my brother and I were huge fans of wrestling growing up, and we grew up in a small town in southwest Virginia near Bristol, Tennessee, and we would watch WCW, NWA, WWF, Smoky Mountain, Memphis when we could, but we just found out around 95 or so at 2 a.m. in the morning, the local public access channel played ECW, okay? Okay. Yeah. So all of our friends were all like marking out for it. You know, we went from being, you know, like fans of the Four Horsemen to now we're like, okay, I'm Sandman, you're Raven, you know, you're Tommy Dreamer, you're Taz, this, so on and so forth. So the time frame is about 1996, 97. I am at that time in a band that Was like a hard rock band. We wrote our own songs. And so I ordered two T-shirts from ECW. I ordered the Taz for my brother Survive if I let you and then I ordered yours where you are lean You know, you're kind of leaning on the dreamer name and then on the back it says innovator of violence so I ordered them and then like a month or two goes by and the charge goes through on the card but we never actually get the shirts. So I call the number I called to order them and a lady picks up and she's very nice. And she says, Oh honey, I am so sorry. You know, uh, very, very New York lady saying, I'm so sorry. I'll get someone on that and we will get those shirts out to you. And I said, okay, great. Well, Somebody calls me back in like a couple of days and it's a deep I mean you can tell it's like a deep Brooklyn accent And he's like yeah, I heard you had a problem. I'm not gonna imitate the accent, but you'll get it Yeah, I think you had a couple issues with the order you ordered a couple shirts said yeah My brother's a fan of Taz. I got him this shirt. I'm a big fan of dreamer. I got this shirt He was like, okay, cool. I'll get it sent out to you and we got the shirts but when they called back the deep Brooklyn accent, it had a name on it. It wasn't an 800 number. It was Richard Heyman on the caller ID. And I and caller ID had just came out. And my parents right. got a caller ID box and it says Richard Heyman. Okay. So I knew Paul Heyman's name. I didn't know his dad's name. I met you many years later, kind of told you this story, and you were busy getting ready for a match, and I didn't want to bug you, but I told you this story, and you confirmed it, and so we were talking, and I called the number back, and the same accent, but maybe not as strong answers, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot on this, okay? Okay. I'm in a band. I want to, you know, get a song for a wrestler. I would love for Tommy Dreamer to come out to my song. I would love for the Sandman. I would love for anybody to come out to one of my band's songs. So I sent like three CDs up to an address. And anyway, long story short, never happened, of course. Maybe it was a good coaster for somebody. But the cool thing is they sent a DVD. I think they sent two t-shirts, something else. It was like really cool. Anyway, so like I said, I talked to you many years later and you were getting ready for a match with Jerry Lawler in Nashville. And I didn't want to bug you too long, but you actually confirmed that that was probably not only the New York lady was Paul's mom, uh, mom. Yep. And then Taz, and it could have been you that yep. I spoke to on the third time.
0: And I'm sure I was the one who sent you, uh, the CDs and the t-shirts and the yeah the stuff. The old, the old ECW office was, run by myself. Yeah. Um, Guido, Devon. Um, we used to kind of always have kayfabe names, which were all names from Seinfeld. We have the same (laughs) people when the, the original house of hardcore wrestling school was Taz, Perry, Saturn and Bubba. And then Mikey Whipwreck. they all used Seinfeld names. Right. But, uh, when stuff like that happened, uh, Paul's mom would, you know, kind of, follow up with it and then yeah. I would make sure that it it got done and Paul's father. Uh and that's if you ever hear old school Paul um promos, he would talk about tricky dicky Heyman. Uh that okay. was his, his homage to his dad, Richard Heyman, who was a they both great people. And um
4: yeah.
0: they uh yeah it was a real mom and pop uh shop. Eventually we got a fulfillment house and they were actually fulfilling orders, but we would still because we're pro wrestling, we don't trust uh, people <laughs> we would go out to the fulfillment house once a week with, instead of giving them all our t-shirts, because we would also have to load them up for the road. Um, and different wrestlers. Like I would make sure like, uh, some of the ring crew would get paid, uh, just because they would then bring the merch. And then, so then we would not only did they get to wrestle, but then they'd be on the card wrestling, but then they'd also get their hotel, and yeah. they're, they're trans. They weren't flying, but they were at least driving to the events. And, you know, so yeah, we did all that stuff. So when I,
1: when I found that out, I called my brother immediately and I said, Jared, you're (laughs) never going to believe this. (laughs) I said, that was probably. And so I kept the phone that had the caller ID attached to it. I kept that phone well into the two thousands to show that I had spoken to someone at the Heyman household. (laughs) It was the craziest story because I knew for a fact, I couldn't call WCW and talk to my favorite wrestler, Ric Flair. And I knew that I couldn't call WWF and talk to Hulk. Cogan or whoever but I, I it was blew my mind that i actually had spoken to you and probably taz and then like you said paul's very sweet mother she was just absolutely yep. a darling you know so
0: yep. anyway yeah, she was and sadly uh, i still know that phone number <laughs> well i don't <laughs> have
1: that still but <laughs> i thought I about that
0: phone number my own phone number from memorized. my first house memorized. yeah yeah so crazy what we're well kidding
1: we'll be right back with Current Affair DJ hit the music
4: it's a current of me it's a current
1: All right, we're back with current affairs with the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, this is a fun segment that we like to do that kind of picks the brains of, of the wrestlers that we talk with about the current product. The main one that I always ask our guests is who are some of the current wrestlers going either upcoming or current stars that you really like to watch?
0: Uh, I like to watch everybody and that's not just a general answer. I, I love this business. Um, I, I do watch so many people perform. I'm a big fan of, uh, man, so many I'm trying to think offhand. Like I still love watching AJ styles. I, I've wrestled him. I truly do think he is phenomenal in the ring. I love seeing my friends still doing it up and coming wrestlers. There's a lot of talented I'm probably one of the biggest Young Bucks uh, fans. Um, uh, I was. I never. I didn't get it until I wrestled him live at the first ever All In. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's so many great wrestlers out there. Um, yeah, you can. Everybody can nitpick. Everybody can be a, a Monday morning quarterback, uh, if you will. But there, there's so much great talents where I'm also sitting there like how do they physically do that? Like somebody like a ricochet, how does he like, you know, is he gonna be the next ray Rey Mysterio? Because you think when you've seen everything in professional wrestling, yet this guy can pull off a move that you haven't seen before. And that's hard right. to do in wrestling. I, I like watching everybody. part of my job on Busted Open is we literally break down every single wrestling show. So uh that answer I, I don't have an answer for you because I, I do I enjoy I enjoy everybody. Yeah,
1: no, and I think that's the perfect answer in person because that's the honest opinion of your your thoughts there. So, um, I'll it, jump on yeah. here real quick. I'll yeah, I'll of jump. course, Wolfie. It's yeah. your show, buddy. Yeah. Just-
2: something that i saw the other day and uh jimmy we were talking about this after we we did a watch along the other day and i watched uh uh, jamie and chris candido and there was like a superplex or something which made me think of this clip that i saw on uh, facebook it was an indie show and the guy did a fucking and, and you're ecw and you guys you know Lifted that fucking bar as far as bumps and all that kind of stuff. So, saying this to you, I really want to get what you think. Um, the guy does a damn reverse hurricanrana off the top rope. It looks like it fucking kills the guy, man. I mean, that's a crazy bump anyway, just on the on the mat. But off the top, I mean, it looked like it killed him. But then the dude, I mean, he pretty much popped up, no sold it. I mean, he was staggering. And the, the guy that did it jumped up to the second rope and come off with a RKO for the one, two, three.
3: And I'm thinking, man,
2: why, why would you not just beat him with that? Because it, it, it totally shit on the fucking move that looked way more impressive than the RKO. What do you think about stuff like that?
0: Uh, well, here, here's what I say. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the past. I, I don't go back and watch any of my stuff but I know a specific spot that I used to do. And it was me and Raven, Raven and I, we used to do this all the time. He would shoot me off, go for a drop kick. I would hook the ropes, literally give him a knee drop to his groin. He would pop up selling. And what would I do? I would pick him up and run him again. If I saw myself do that today or a wrestler Mm -hmm. do that today, I'd be like, what the hell were you thinking? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'd, I'd go back and I'd say, well, you're a hypocrite because <laughs> we've all done things that don't make sense. We've all done, taken some crazy ass bumps. Yeah. And at the time they see, they seem right. But then if you right. really go back and think about it, you're like, and eh, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest thing, I guess for, for wrestlers to be smarter, there's not a lot of people watching on these indies, but yet if they're filming it, it you have a digital imprint that lasts forever yeah, So that's kind of why I think a lot of men and women go out there and go above and beyond because I mean, for a while, if you were an internet, darling, you were getting hired. So right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. what I have to say about it is, man, don't get hurt, but yes, maybe sometimes save it for the bigger, the bigger shows, because when you're in your twenties, you think thirties and forties is so, so old, but when you've lived it, like we both have, it's yeah. like, man, I wish I was smarter. Yeah. you know, back then. True yeah.
1: Story. yeah so. And yeah, that that's awesome. You know, and that wraps up our current affairs segment for the day, Tommy, I'm a huge fan of busted open. You guys do an awesome job. Also love your house of hardcore podcast. Tell us what else you got going on the promotion. Tell us, tell us what's coming up for
0: Tommy. Uh, nothing, man. Just doing Indies working, uh, an impact behind the scenes, enjoying, uh, enjoying my life of everyday wrestling is a good day. Uh, Fans can find me at at the Tommy Dreamer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm not that Facebook uh, smart, but uh, Twitter and Instagram is kind of where I'm at. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Wolfie, you want to take us out, man?
0: Yeah, man. Tommy, love you,
2: man. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Wolfie, love you too.
2: And to the people out there, again, we got Manscaped 20% off if you use code Wolfie. This has been Live and in Color. With Wolfie D, Tommy Dreamer, and Jimmy Street,
1: And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the plastic chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday
3: So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
2: And hey, Jimmy, before we go, Go real quick, I just want to add in there
3: uh, from the bottom of my heart I really appreciate, first of all the work you've done for this podcast you have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page, beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that. Yeah and remember guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat you don't he got a cat
5: for you don't he you count, you count. You he and here we go, the original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hatin', cause I'm spitting the truth, still livin' in color, do rush your mother, utilize a hubcap unlike any other, back in the day, I was N.O.D., and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three, in case you forgot. They call me Wolfie D Been cloned and copied so many times. Tida self is taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are, without me name dropping resins. First white boy coming out. Hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Lay for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've This shit's so sick, it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there's no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks than over one or not here to play games, so you better be brand. You don't know like me, so what? I really don't care All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When i finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up I'm driving it home it's really doin' baby huh i got a cap for you don't i got a cap for you don't. We got a cap for its home i got a cap for its home
1: this has been a james rock street production